You're listening to episode 164 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do a race review of the Stockholm Marathon 2023. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to episode 164. Hey Daddy, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. So you've been on a journey it's been six weeks and I'm finally back in the United States and unfortunately I lost my voice this week for, I don't know, whatever reason, but... Probably it's... yelling at me now that you're home. <laughs> but it's coming back, so I'm glad it's uh, come back on time for this recording as this episode will air on Monday. Imagine if we would have had to record that on Tuesday. Oof. <laughs> All right. So, we are back on no more pre-recording we're actually recording this on friday july 7th and this episode will air this coming monday and the marathon that we're going to be talking about was the stockholm marathon and it happened on june 3rd 2023 so a little bit more than a month ago mm -hmm. so in typical fashion do you want to get into it by describing well we actually went to sweden for a couple of weeks but we'll leave it to the uh marathon rather than the whole vacation yeah and exactly for that one you can tune into our vacation podcast <laughs> that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah although we do vacation a lot maybe we should start one of those but yeah so this is strictly the marathon so like ryan said we got there a couple weeks or a week before the marathon we got to stockholm and had a week of pretty good weather we didn't have any rain but definitely not florida temperatures no it was quite cold and For when us. we say quite cold, we mean 50s, sometimes 40s in temperature. Well, 40s like at night and then like 50s to 60s during the day, it was actually pretty pleasant. But for a summertime, it was quite cold. So for our European listeners, the temperature in Celsius were between 4 and 10 degrees Celsius. But then race day, the temperatures were much better. But let's let's talk a little bit about Stockholm so we can kind of set up the race. One of the things that surprised me most, which was just basically ignorance on my part and lack of research, was the hours of daylight. So basically the sun went down at around 11, but it never really got super dark. And then the sun came up around three o'clock in the morning. So that was uh, interesting as we don't have that in Florida at all or any other parts of the world that I've lived in before. Yeah, it was far further than I've ever been, I guess, because I hadn't been to Alaska. I've been to Canada, but it definitely seems further. It was further up north than, than where I've been in Canada. Um, and it was, yeah, it's interesting. It was kind of cool. The sun would just set very slowly. Like here, you know, the sun, when it starts setting, it's going to be down relatively quickly, but there is really slow. And I remember when you when you left to um, go to Germany, we had to wake up early and it was like three o'clock in the morning and the sun was rising at 3 a.m. But it wasn't, it didn't, at, at the time we were there, it only get dark for maybe a short period of time every every night. Which is a little bit confusing for your body. Thank God that all the hotels that we stayed at had blackout curtains. But I'm setting this up because the other surprising thing and now about the marathon was that the marathon wasn't scheduled till start till noon. So it was on a Saturday 
at 12 o'clock, which normally I wouldn't be a fan of because that would confuse me on a nutrition perspective. Because, you know, when you try to race and try to get a personal best, you have to figure out when to eat exactly to set yourself up. And those late starting times kind of throw you off a little bit because you're not eating one breakfast, but two breakfasts and all that stuff. But since we're just running it for fun and it was your first marathon, it didn't bother me, but it did surprise me because they didn't start it at noon for lack of daylight. So yeah, I think I think um, a lot of it was, I guess, a little bit culturally. It, it, we at least we heard that a lot of the Swedish people don't like to get up super early in the morning, and so they just want to get up at a more relaxed time. But also, um, I think it was beneficial for weather for sure. Absolutely. And so I guess the other part of background that we want to explain is that we did know one person in Sweden, in Stockholm specifically. His name is Anders Holgersson, who is a member of our running club online on Facebook, the Speed Striders. And we've been in touch with him. We had never met him before. And his warm hospitality really made this trip amazing and also opened up our path, I guess, to the running scene in Stockholm, because just basic things like running his route that he normally runs on Strava when I went out to my to do my daily 3am runs. That was awesome. And then also he opened up, you know, the whole the, the gates to his home and his running club and all that stuff, which had us get a better perspective rather than us being just tourists. Yeah, that was definitely the highlight of the trip. I think it probably impacted the the impression of of um, Stockholm and stuff too. It was really nice to meet him and his wife, and it was really fun to do their you know their evening run on what was it a Thursday I think or something so. like that. Yeah, we did a Thursday evening run. That was really cool, and he showed us around a little bit, and it was it was uh it was really nice, really nice of him. So thank you if you're listening. I hope he is. Anyway, so, all right, so let's talk about the race a little bit in itself. All right, so let's hop into the Stockholm Marathon. So the Stockholm Marathon, a little bit of history. It's the Adidas Stockholm Marathon, obviously, because that sponsorship has been happening for a long time, specifically since 1979. It is their big marathon. It takes place in May or June, it says, when you look at history. And I know that for the last couple of years, it's been um, at the beginning of June. And it starts uh, adjacent to the Olympic Stadium. And they recently changed the course, not a lot, but just a little bit. And we got to run the new course. Another thing about the Stockholm Marathon is it's one of those races you don't need a qualifying time for. You just sign up for it. And just like most European marathons compared to the United States marathons, the entry fees are on the cheaper side. So while... Big races in the United States always are close to $200. This one, if you register early, I think it was 80 or 90 euros, which is pretty much the equivalent in dollars right now. So that's kind of a perk. And they give you pretty good swag, but I guess we'll hop into that uh, when we when we get there. Well, speaking of, you want to talk about the expo? Because that's your favorite part. Oh, that's right. Yes. I think we did a little reel on Instagram about the expo. So yeah, the expo took place also next to the Olympic Stadium. It was right next door. I guess the old Olympic Stadium from whenever back in the day when they had the Olympics in Stockholm. Um, that's where the race finished and started right nearby. And the expo is in a sports center right next to it. And we walked to it from our hotel. How far would you say we were? Was it about a mile or? 
Um, so it's actually about three kilometers. Yeah, it's 1.8 miles. Yeah. I kind of knew that now because I spent so much time in Germany. But all right, so we walked to the expo and we had our kids in tow because we wanted to see what the walk would be like on race day. It wasn't too bad, although any kind of elevation is feels a lot more to us coming from Florida. And we had done a speed workout with the Swedish running group Run Academy recommended by our friend Anders who had joined us and I was pretty sore from that workout which was probably not the smartest thing but anyway so we walked to the expo just to set the mood too we stayed in a hotel like uh right near, near the train which is super convenient because if you fly into Stockholm you can take the train right into Stockholm from the airport the airport's actually a little bit of waste but it's an easy train to get in And then what I enjoyed most about Europe and have in the past is I love just walking and biking and stuff like that. I mean, we didn't bike much because we do have the kids. It makes it a little more difficult. They're kind of young. But we did walk everywhere. And so I was really, I wanted to walk over to the end, to the starting point anyway. I was hoping we would do that. And so, yeah, the walk there was not bad. It was a little bit uphill. It was a gradual one, but not too bad. So the expo entrance, they checked that we had confirmation of this race, that we were actually registered before they let us in. Then they checked our IDs, IDs and then we got our bibs. Easy peasy. From there on, we passed through the expo. We did not collect a finisher shirt because it's a finisher shirt. So I actually have to finish the race before you get the shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got a little pack from my, or a little like fanny pack type thing, mini one for my phone so I could bring it with. Um, but otherwise, I don't think we got a whole, we bought a whole lot. No, we didn't, but we looked around and tried some products as always and tried some foam rollers or muscle relaxers. No, not muscle relaxers. Muscle relaxers. <laughs> I mean, where are they giving out? <laughs> I think I need a muscle relaxer. You know those massage things. That's what I meant. Yeah. The massage. And then and then they had um, the Costco had a booth there, and so I guess the the first Costco in Sweden was opening up, and they're going to open up more. So that was kind of interesting just to see, because everyone was there like, oh, what's Costco? And they were kind of explaining what Costco was. But as most people would probably know in the states, we're already well aware of what it is. That's right, and we're like showing our Costco credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so what else was there at the expo? I mean, it wasn't huge, but it wasn't small. It was pretty standard. It wasn't like Boston or any of those, but it's probably comparable to any regular state races. So the Stockholm Marathon caps out at 20,000 people, I believe. And I think they had 17 or 1,800 with a lot of different countries represented. Thousand. I'm sorry, yeah, thousand. 18,000. They're almost like at capacity. There's only a few, a couple thousand people that didn't come, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then we kind of had an idea of what we were going to get into on race day. And as Letty alluded to earlier, we were, when we were met up with Anders and stuff, we were thinking that we were going to have to go there in the morning. And it, and it was relatively cold. It was probably like, you know, low 50s or so in the morning. And I was like, kind of dreading it because I was like, ah, I don't really want to go there 
when it's that cold and then when you start running you're gonna have to peel off all this stuff and put it somewhere but then he's like oh you know it starts at 12 o'clock and we were both looking at each other like oh really (laughs) we were surprised but then I actually was happier because I was like, oh, man, that'll be cool. Because then um, the weather during the middle of the day was probably in the 60s and a little windy or so. It was really pleasant, quite dry in Stockholm, which was really nice for running. Um, so I think that was at the point kind of right before or right near we were going to the expo. We found that out and so it made us kind of happy. Um, but then, Letty, you want to get into the next... Well, yeah, no, just to talk about the weather a little bit, the weather was good the week leading up to it, but we were wearing one of those packable puffer jackets, your little Patagonia jacket and mine that keep us warm. But then race day, the weather was pretty warm. Amazingly, it we didn't need any kind of layers. I had some arm sleeves and everything that I was going to wear, and I didn't even have to do that. I could just wear a tank top and shorts. Yeah, race day for us was really perfect. I think for some of the Swedish people, thought it was a little bit warm. But I thought it was perfect. It was just enough where um, you weren't cold, but you weren't getting super hot when you were running. So, I mean, we must have hit the weather perfectly. Yeah, so the weather was perfect in the sense that usually when you run, you warm up. But then when you run for a long time, you start cooling down again. And so if you have layers on and you peel off too many layers, then you're suddenly cold again. So that has happened to me a lot in the past, which is why I wear arm sleeves and that kind of stuff. But on that day, the sun was out. So you didn't have that feeling of after you've run so many miles, are you going to get cold again? So you want to get into uh, race day walking up there? Yeah. So race day, we woke up, we had breakfast at the breakfast buffet in our hotel, which was every day really amazing. Just a bunch of cold cuts and whatever you want. (laughs) You never eat meat. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, it was an amazing breakfast with lots of cold cuts. Like, What are you talking about? You didn't eat any of that. I thought cold cuts are cheeses too. I've never heard of them referred to as cheeses. I could be wrong though. So they had buffet breakfast, and I think of a buffet breakfast in the United States as like, you know, the continental breakfasts weren't very, weren't the greatest, but in Sweden, they're actually quite good. And they had cheese, they did have cold cut meats, if you wanted that, or meat, but um, they also had, you know, eggs and lots of fresh bread and fruit and all sorts of other things. So it was, it was quite good. Yogurts and... Just by the way, side note, Sweden is very, or Stockholm is very vegan friendly. They always had a vegan section on a menu and also in hotels when you had those uh, <laughs> cold cuts. Yeah, compared to some countries, I think you're right. I think that there was quite a bit of options, it seemed. Um, so anyway, it was nice to have a relaxing breakfast, not super early in the morning or have to wake up early. And we had our aunt and uncle watch our kids fortunately they came on the trip with us and letty and i then walked up to the race and we met up with anders and his friend yes we were scheduled to meet with him at 11 so almost to the hour i hope to the hour that's quite a bit of leeway (laughs) almost to the minute that's a little bit better I'm still jet lagged, right? Almost to the minute we were there, two minutes late. Not our fault. There was a lot of people walking. But anyway, so we showed up on time and immediately this guy has amazing energy and it just set the tone for the day. We were laughing with him and his friend Jan and everything was sunny and yellow. <laughs> it was just 
Yellow. I don't know. There was a lot of yellow shirts, and the sun was out, and I was wearing my pink sunglasses. Interesting way to describe it. (laughs) It was very yellow. Well, we weren't yellow, so let's talk about our race kits. So we had Marathon Running Podcast shirts, tank tops, custom made. We got a couple of shout outs of people as we were running by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I forgot my running shorts. So what did I, I think I wore just regular shorts or something. I think you just wore board shorts, which yeah. you always do. Yeah. I'm used to running it and it was fine. I didn't get any like crazy rashes or anything. Yeah. And at least you weren't wearing flip flops because if any of you guys know Ryan personally, he's always either barefoot or wearing flip flops, even on his wedding day. Uh, yeah. Flip flops would have gone bad. <laughs> so anyway, so then after we met up with them, we sat down in on the grass and chatted for a little bit, pinned on our bibs, and then stood in line for the porter potties, which this is a side note. I have never seen porter potties that had been used as much being this clean. The Swedes really clean up after themselves in there. I was very pleasantly surprised, not just on that occasion, but other occasions when I used public restrooms. So anyway, Ryan is motioning for me to keep on going. Yes, Sam. All right. So, so Letty got, so we were replaced by our numbers, you know, and, and Letty had to slum it with me in the back of the pack because I hadn't run a marathon before. So I had a high number. So she came back with me into the, to the end, which we were, I swear we were probably like a half a mile from the start when we started. I think we were Corral H. So we had to walk back a whole lot. We walked back a lot. And then we had to walk back to the entryway or back to the starting line. So we added a couple of miles probably yeah. already at the beginning. But let's talk about your race day strategy because as you guys know, if you've been listening for a while, this was Ryan's very first marathon. And Ryan, contrary to what I had been hoping, he did not train a bit for this marathon. There was no mileage that was weekly. There was no speed training. There was literally nothing. I think if you follow him on Strava, the highest <laughs> mileage for the week was a six miler. If there's any more than six miles, that just means he went paddle boarding because it all adds up together in the end. So there was zero training going into this race. So Ryan, tell us about your race day strategy. Yeah, there really wasn't much of a strategy. Um, For which reason we had decided, okay, it's good that we're standi- starting at the end of the of the marathon. You know, we're in the last corral pretty much. And we're just going to go slow and yeah i wasn't really i didn't really have any expectations for it i've run half marathons without training and i knew this is going to be harder but i was like well you know we could still probably make it if anything you just walk or so and i did we'd walk we walk all the time or i do plenty of other activities so i wasn't really worried about finishing i didn't have any i kind of had a guess i I think about what time and i was right in in line with what i was guessing because i actually had picked up you know little time bracelets so i had to pick up two and we happened to get right in between the two of them in our finish time. Well, I mean, I kind of picked those up as a joke. In my head, I had inquired about what the course time limit is because I figured we're going to run. And like most guys, Ryan is going to run strong and then half marathon into it, it's going to hurt. And then we're just going to be tourists on feet and we're just going to walk the rest. So that was what I was thinking we would be doing. I asked Ryan if I should bring a backpack with snacks. He just gave me a look. So I didn't bring any snacks. And I don't remember that. <laughs> so there we go. We started the marathon. They started it out with, um, it wasn't a firework. It was like a, what, what do you call it? It was like a cannon of 
color. Yeah, like canons of graffiti and um, like music playing and everything. And that was that was really neat. It was kind of exciting. A lot of energy, a lot of good energy for the start of the race. Yes, and we brought our Insta360 camera and phones along so we could just capture this whole uh, running event. So, all right. So let's do it in your fashion. I know that you always like to split the marathon up in two halves. So I'm going to have you be in the hot seat and talk about the first half and all that stuff. Yeah, I do like just having a little bit of organization to it. So hopefully people can follow along. Um, so yeah, the, the beginning was really cool. You know, it started off right near that stadium and it's kind of a um, the walls on either side are like kind of cliffs going up. So everyone's kind of funneled in. It's a relatively wide road, but it adds for a lot of like drama and energy. And you kind of come over like the crest of a hill and then you start in the marathon basically. So that was really neat. And then throughout the course too, there was music in different spots, a lot of people cheering. Um, and so I did like that. And the first part's relatively easy going. You didn't really feel like there's any big hills or so, but it kind of runs through the city. Um, and that's where we were warned, you know, that's where most of the people are going to be too. So that was kind of neat. And then still within that first half, you kind of end up going a little bit to more of a nature area where there's less people. Um, but it is quite pretty. There's a little canal and some picturesque bridges that go over the canal and stuff. So you run along that and then into like a little, one of the islands that has all the museums and stuff on it. And so that, that area is probably one that I liked more because it was quieter and there's less people around. I but, think it was called Your Garden. Yeah, that's the island. And that's the one that has all the museums and stuff. So we run through there. Then we come back. And basically, the course goes out and in to the city, crossing over bridges and onto the islands of the city. So it's it's very scenic. Yes. And some of the parts of the course are repeated. There's one stretch that you, and I guess this happens obviously in the later half, you run a total of three times on that stretch. It doesn't feel very, it doesn't feel repetitive though, because it's not too long of a stretch. And that's where the mo majority of the people are, you know, probably the best chance of seeing runners. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It didn't feel annoying. I can see other cities running certain parts over and over, feel like getting really annoying, but you're coming, you're being funneled into those parts through the, from different areas. So since that part is short, it doesn't feel repetitive or annoying. But it's kind of funny. There was a table where people were drinking Prosecco or champagne, and they just kept getting louder and louder. Yeah. There wasn't um, really many spots where you see the other people in front of you running, though. So that, like for most of the time, it's not like you saw the people ahead of you, like far ahead of you coming back at you, you know, where you get the perception of I still got a long way to go or I can't believe they're so much further ahead of me. So you didn't really get much of that, which was cool. We did see the leaders. We barely didn't miss them when we were running that stretch one time, which was amazing. And I was hoping that I would see them more often, but I guess at our pace, that didn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, we heard a lot of cheering and stuff. We didn't realize it, but it was actually like the, uh, yeah, the front pack or the leaders. We thought it was for Ryan. That's kind of the first half before you start getting to the second half. Is there anything you remembered of the first half that you liked? or that you I remember doing a bathroom stop in the woods. Um, I remember yep. people basically peeing anywhere in the woods, which is, I in my head, not a big deal. You're running a marathon um, and you got to go. You're in nature. Why not just go? So 
we did that. We had a little stop at one point. I think it was about around mile 10, probably. It was when we were in that nature area with the gardens. It's probably, yeah, one of the better places or chances to go. Yeah. So that was the, that was the first part. And then, and given the, or alluding to Letty's elevation thing, we were warned ahead of time that there was a spot, there was a pretty big hill that you end up having to go up. And so, um, and, and it happens. I think right around that half halfway mark or so is where where we did it. So me running, I was feeling good for the first like half marathon part. And I was just trying to take it easy, trying to go rel- you know relatively slow but comfortable. But then I was you know once we got through that half marathon part, I was kind of really looking forward to the hill because I was like, let's just we're gonna walk the hill just because it's gonna be really steep. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I remember I remember seeing how in the beginning you still were thinking my jokes were funny. And then as we got further into the marathon, either I became less funny or your mindset changed a little bit. So tell me about what was going on in your mind for the first half. I was actually happy the whole time. I was fine. You did get more quiet, though, you have to admit, as the race went on and you didn't really talk at all for the last eight miles. Um, No, I probably did get quieter in the latter half, but it wasn't. I mean, I was I was sore, you know, just or just painful for running, but I but my I mean, my mood was fine. I didn't really. I think I got quieter because I was like, well, I'm just going to focus on, like, I was more focused at the last half, but I wasn't otherwise, you know, fine. Okay, so we walked up that hill, and I was kind of actually like I was talking about earlier. I was looking forward to that because I was like, well, I'm gonna, I want to I want it just be fun to walk for a little bit, just to change up the pace because I've been running for so long. Um, and so, yeah, then we walked up the hill and then that area we were at, it kind of had, that was like one of the highest parts of the marathon, I guess, right after that. And so it was, it was pleasant for a little bit, but then you ended up going back over a bridge. So you had to end up climbing up again. And actually the bridge part was kind of neat because there is some boats and a river and stuff in there. And because it was also uphill again, I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to take opportunity to walk a little bit again. And so I did. Um, so we had that, that was a little section, like you say, that we kind of ran and walk a, a few times. And also at that point, it wasn't like, it was kind of more, you know, muscles just getting more painful and stuff. And so like just mixing it up kind of felt nice, just something different. But then after we went down, so that was uh, one of the higher bridges. It had pretty cool views of the city and stuff because you're up high. Um, and then after that bridge, you kind of headed downhill and then went to the more typical typical up and down hills, you know, of the area. And actually, right after the bridge, we kind of went through a park where we did our training run or our speed work with Anders and his running group. And so from that point on, I kind of just was like, well, I'm just going to look ahead and just keep putting my feet forward, basically, and just keep trucking along. And so then I don't think we really stopped much after that. And then you said... I remember on the the latter half though, you kind of weave through the city again. It's pretty. You go back by, so the the place that Letty was talking about that you run by multiple times was kind of like the harbor of of Stockholm, and there's lots of boats and people there, and so you end up running through there again. Um, and so it was it was it was pretty fun. And you go through Old Town or around Old Town, not in into Old Town because it's very cobblestony and probably not safe for running, but you go near there. Um, and then we were pre-warned about the last hill going up to the stadium that it's not a very big slope, 
but when you're near the end of the marathon, it feels like a big slope. And and it wasn't too bad, but I do definitely remember, you know, having to truck uphill on the way on the end. Um, but also, I think I think near maybe about three quarters of the way, I was like, okay, you know, how far? When when's the end gonna come? Like I, I'm ready to be done. You know, this is probably enough. And then I thought, oh, okay, it's not that much further. Um, but it seemed like it dragged on for quite a while before we actually finished. And then even when we got back up to the stadium, they made you go down the road a little bit and then come back before you ended up going in. And it finished actually in the old Olympic Stadium. So that was kind of neat. You ended up coming through like the entryway and doing like a three-quarter lap or half lap around the track. Um, and that part felt really good because I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. I can relax and... We finished it, and so that was kind of neat. Yeah, that was beautiful. The finishing part was awesome. Of course, we held hands crossing the finish line, and that was good. I agree with you that the little part right before the stadium was not as fun because you did have to run down the road, and most people had the course on Strava showing as longer than a marathon, But all in all, I agree with you. Let's talk a little bit about uh, race day, well, nutrition, because we didn't bring any goose, but we still ate some stuff on the course. Ryan, what were you able to snag on the course? Yeah, so they did. Fortunately, they had, and that really helped me, I think. I think it would have been hurting more if they didn't have something, but they had tons of fruit, and that was really good. Lots of bananas, a few oranges. They had pickles at one point. And actually, I like the pickles too. They're really salty pickles, but I mean, when you're running, it felt good. Some people didn't do so well with that. <laughs> I saw some people <laughs> throwing up or so, but but to me, it was great. Well, we don't know if it was the pickles or if they had done other things, but yeah, we did. <laughs> we did see a few people throw up like literally i'd be like oh ryan don't look and of course if somebody says to you don't look it's your reflex to look anyway and we saw at least one person actively throwing up and then we saw a little bit of vomit here and there which you know it's a tough marathon i i, I get it and because the course kind of looped around a lot too there were a ton of drink stations which was kind of nice so i mean i kind of just went around alternating gatorade and water back and forth in different spots and we even found one like That had like Red Bull soda or something. Red Bull Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, and Red Bull. And then there was pickle juice and coffee. Yeah, I didn't have coffee. I did have the Red Bull soda. And it was kind of nice to have a change. But, you know, probably wouldn't normally drink that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But, I mean, we had been on our feet for so long. Anything kind of goes at that point. Especially if you don't bring your own goose. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing I probably would have... It would have been nice to bring... Probably should have brought some nutrition. Although, they, like I said, they, they fortunately had a lot of stuff there. But even if for sake of something different, it would have been nice. Because we just... I, I don't know how many... I probably went through several bananas <laughs> in the course of that race. I ate like a whole bushel of bananas. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked it. It's, it's Actually, I would have probably... To have only goose or to have fruit i would have preferred to have the fruit and i wouldn't wanted to carry it so it was kind of nice that they had it yeah the goose do kind of get nasty after you've done 15 miles nobody really likes eating them anymore we just kind of make ourselves do it normally when we run so it was good and then hydration like you said was great too there was a lot of drink stations and when we crossed the finish line we were happy 
and finally able to collect our shirts, which they were great too. Adidas shirts are always good. And then we got a bag and did we get any swag? Well, and also right at the end of the race, like right when we finished, Anders was still there and he met us there and that was really cool. He waited around and, and saw us. We got to take pictures and stuff and, and that was really neat. So we, we stopped after that with him and just chatted for a while and talked and just relaxed and enjoyed the weather, which was really nice. Got to start getting a little cold and then we got our bags and we didn't talk about it at the beginning, but very glad we walked. I am when we, walked to get there there is a huge line coming out of the public transportation subway system of people trying to get to the marathon so we didn't have to go through that because we could walk and likewise on the way home there's like a huge line of people it might have been going fast i don't know but there's a lot of people trying to get back into the subway and i just it was so pleasant just to like although painful but pleasant (laughs) to just walk back to the to the hotel room our two miles yeah, and as you said, we did collect our bags that we had previously checked, and we had been smart enough to put on a jacket each and some pants, which is always good to do because when you do run, you lose heat, and then afterwards, you're always a little bit cold and exhausted, so that was nice. We were toasty. Yeah, I don't know on. the physiological reasons exactly, but yeah, I mean, it always seems like when you're running, you're obviously hotter than usual because your body is generating a lot of heat from muscles and everything. When you stop, all that heat generation goes away. But it seems like your body has then like reset to a lower level or something because it, it does get quite cold. Even on, even on a relatively normal day, it seems like it's quite cold after you finish running. Obviously, you're still got a lot of sweat. Maybe it's just part of that too. You're just wet from all that. And yes. be warm. And then, as with every marathon, I was looking for the finisher beer because I don't drink a lot, but I do like a beer after my marathon. They had alcohol-free beer. Uh, which I kind of, I mean, I don't mind. It's kind of nice to have a beer with. We didn't get the bratwurst or the, because there was quite a line for that, plus you don't eat meat. Yeah. But what are we going to do with the bratwurst? But so we, we had been looking at, I guess they had this, this Max Burger is like a fast food place there in Sweden. And I'd never seen one before. So I was like, normally I don't like fast food, but I was like, oh, I'm kind of curious to try it because it's interesting. It's different. It's something that I've never seen before. And uh, so we did have veggie burgers at the Max. Which they were quite amazing. Amazing enough to convince our six-year-old to try a burger and love it. Well, I didn't think they were amazing. They were okay. But when you <laughs> ran 26 miles, you know, anything, just a nice kind of hearty meals is yummy. Maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't then, give it an amazing review, no. So then um, I did have my real beer in the lobby of the hotel. I had a 1664 Blanc, which is a beer that I had after the Paris Marathon and I'm German so I like these wheat type of beers and this one is a French one. They had it in Sweden so be it. It was delicious and then we went to sleep and surprisingly unlike most marathons where I can't sleep and I have this insomnia for a day, I went to sleep and I slept like a baby. I don't remember sleeping that great Um, but so I was looking forward to after the race we were planning on visiting a different part of Sweden. So we had planned to just sit in a train all the next day. And I was like, well, that's kind of convenient, you know, after running the marathon and my legs are kind of painfully sore. I was like, this is going to be perfect. It was really nice to be sitting in a train the next day and just kind of relax. So on a scale of one to 10, 
talk to me about your soreness the following week because I was kind of surprised that you were not really sore. Maybe it's because you pump your foil board or whatever it is, but I was expecting <laughs> you to be limping like most people after a marathon. Well, okay, so the preference that we finished the marathon, I had guessed, you know, because we'd done the halves in like two hours relatively, relatively easily. Um, cause I've done some with Letty pregnant and some that Letty had ran a marathon before. And so we weren't going like super fast. We were just kind of casually pacing it. And so I was like, well, we'll probably between, we'll probably be between like, you know, given that it's the full marathon, I was like, we'll probably be able to do it on, you know, right around five hours or so. Um, so I don't know what our official time was anyway, but I know that like, even with the extra mileage, it was less than five hours. So. Your official first untrained marathon time was a 4.52. Okay. So it's close to five hours. So it's pretty accurate as to what, what I was guessing. But then to answer your question, I mean, it was definitely, it was, my muscles were definitely painful. Um, and then the, you know, the feet, the typical, like, it had little minor blisters and stuff on the feet. Nothing, nothing too bad. Um, but, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't last that long. It was like maybe a couple of days. And then I was, significantly better i mean the first day it wasn't fun to like walk upstairs but doable and the second day it could still feel a little little residual soreness but then by about the third day i was like yeah okay i'm pretty good yeah it was pretty quick pretty quick recovery kudos to that and what about your mental recovery what do you think you're a marathoner now you've But how do you feel mentally about marathons? Are you planning on doing one again in the future? I actually was talking about this last night with your friend Halen, which is a guy that you run with in town here. And I kind of prefer like the half marathon. I think that's a good distance and it's kind of fun. Uh, but I like that the, you know, all the hypes surrounding the foals. So like, for instance, Sweden didn't, didn't have a half. And so you kind of almost are obligated to run the full if you want to go and do these experiences and stuff. I don't know if I would have felt differently, um, you know, training more for it. But then again, training takes some decent amount of time too. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think a half kind of is a sweet spot still because it's like you can just still run it and you can still go on with your day and it's not taking up so much of your time. And but, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think it helped also that you did it in a city that we're visiting that's so far away from home and that you basically were able to be a tourist on foot. That's what I love about it is like just being able to see all these different cities. And it's, it's I've always I've always liked getting outside, whether it be on a bike or walking as opposed to being in a car or train or something like that to experience a city. I just feel like there's more sensory inputs because you have sounds and smells and all this stuff. And even just the, the pace, you know, by going fast in a car, you miss out on a lot of that stuff. And I feel like being there, you know, that's also why I like walking places a lot and stuff. But being there is just, it's something different about, um, about it than compared to just driving around in a car or like on a tour bus or something. Actually, like, putting your feet in the ground and walking places or running places. So definitely I might be able to, that alone might be able to convince me to do more marathons. because I just, I love that experience of, of a town that way. 
Well, our kids are almost old enough to stay home alone in hotel rooms, so <laughs> Not quite stay yet. tuned for mar more marathons. Um, all right, so let's wrap this up with a review of the organization, communication, the course, the spectators. Let's talk about that for a second so we can give people a, an insight whether or not the Stockholm Marathon is something that we would do again and that anyone should do. So I was excited to go to the marathon. I had like no real preconceived notions of what it was going to be like. Um, Stockholm was an awesome city. I thought it was really cool. Um, again, I think Anders helped our experience tremendously too, knowing some of the, that live there to give us some insight as to the Swedish culture and just to invite us into his home was really awesome. I don't remember anything specific about the race. It was like a, like a, badly run i can't remember anything i thought it was pretty good do you yeah. remember anything no and and uh, just to hop in here as to communication from the race director with the participants there was a lot of emails sent out and so there was the communication everything was pretty accurately described from course to location where to pick up your bibs etc As you can imagine, like if you're not running at the beginning of the pack, you just end up following the pack. So there wasn't any confusion as to where to go. Yes. And spectators were plenty and very happy. Spectators were pretty awesome. Everyone was cheering us on and they're, yeah, the spectators were pretty good. It was really comparable to a big race in the US. There wasn't any spots where there was nowhere, no one. There wasn't any, you know how in the US sometimes when you're on a marathon, the course is great. See, Miami, for example, half of it is great. The other half goes, you know, through neighborhoods or industrial areas in other races where there's just no one there. At this race, there was always someone there cheering you on, giving you food, giving you drinks, that sort of thing. So Except for awesome. maybe those natural and more nature places. But yeah, the whole course was pretty. There was really no sections there that you felt like you were running in a, um, like you say, like a industrial park or something that wasn't uh, wasn't pedestrian or friendly. It all looked very nice, yeah. Yeah, June is a great month probably for a marathon. Of course, you can always get some rain, but it seems like it is where it's not too cold and not too hot, so it's a sweet spot as well. For Stockholm, not for, for the Stockholm, rest of the yes, world. <laughs> I was like, June is typically not a good month for marathons. But if you're going to do a marathon, go far north or go go to the south, where the south of the equator, where you're end up in the in the winter again. Yes. But anyway, um, so I think also what's really cool about just Stockholm in general is there's so many waterways around there, and you're crossing bridges and and different waterways the whole time, which I think definitely cuts out the mundane nature of a marathon there's hills not crazy hills but hills and lots of water so it definitely mixes it up and i thought that probably really helped yes so as for the course if you want to run it fast i think that course would be maybe comparable to a boston course it's not an easy course it's not fast and flat but uh, a lot of people don't like downhill a lot of people don't like uphills but i feel like it was definitely a manageable course but i wouldn't go for this race to get a pr i would go for the experience of seeing a new city i would do it again i mean i would go back to stockholm again i think i would do it again that'd be fun i agree so who knows maybe in a couple of years we'll be headed back to run that race again so do you have anything else that you want to mention about this marathon Nope, I think I summed it up as much as I could. All right, and so where are you going to hang your medal? That's the big question. 
Wasn't really planning on hanging it. <laughs> All right. So there goes that. So that's it for today, I guess, in that case. Um, thank you for listening. If you're still here, we hope that you enjoyed our review. And with that, have a great week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.